This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Minutia Men Celebrity Interview is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. This is Minutia Men. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Anne Friends Takeover. We are taking over Minutia Men this week. Rick yeah. and Dave are away, and the Friends will play. That's right. We've kicked Rick out and fed Dave Chobani yogurt. I've just kind of come along for the ride. There's not usually a female, but this time, there will be. Tune in for Minutia People. <laughs> so listen to Anne Friends taking over Minutia Men on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opi show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. With Rick and Dave. Okay, Dave, you may not know our next guest name. Uh, our listeners may not have heard him, but they've probably seen or heard his work. His acting credits include The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, The Americans, Where, Where's the Love, The Blacklist, ton of other stuff. Please welcome to the show, Dave T. Koenig. And that, you know, that means king in German. Oh, yeah. It, that's right? that's what I've been told. Yeah, that's uh, you is know it, it, it hasn't held up. But it definitely... It's not good to be the king. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought it was good to be the king. Describe your throne room for us, Dave. What's in your throne room? Uh, well, uh, there's some magazines, uh, some towels, uh, a sink. Yeah. You got like Jugs magazine laying around or something like that? Rubber Jugs? I'm a, I'm a big fan of bottled water, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. So uh, first off, in a lot of ways, you're like Dave and I. You're you're like a, a combination of the two of us. You're half Catholic. You're half Jewish. Good call, yeah. 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 I have I, twice the guilt of a normal person. Oh, well, you, you just you took just, our line, Dave. I was going to ask you, what do you feel guilty about when you woke up this morning? I apologize for things that I had nothing to do with. That's how. That's how it is. That's just where. This is where it takes me. Yeah. Why did you start COVID? You know. <laughs> why'd you do that, man? I am. I'm, I am sorry about all the COVID, which yeah. is. Uh, you know, it was. It was. It was. It was a nice idea at the time. Um, <laughs> it sounded good it on paper. A, totally. Yeah. I mean, they said, "Do what you love, and the money will come." And <laughs> it's totally backfired on me. You know, another similarity that you have with us, and in a lot of ways, your career was really strongly influenced by college radio. Rick and I met at WPGU at the University of Illinois, and you were very much involved in radio at Hofstra University. Yeah, wow, you guys did your research. Oh, I'm yeah, very, uh, like, very I'm, I'm impressed and flattered at the same time. Uh, you, you have a 2.7 GPA. Uh, <laughs> your, your, credit, your Bank of America credit card's a little overdue, Dave. Uh, what, what happened um, in that stats <laughs> class? You clearly didn't do well in stats. You guys are really just a collection agency, and this is one big scam. Yeah, yeah, finally right. get me on the phone, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, for our listeners who are under 30 who don't know what the hell radio is, uh, t- <laughs> tell us them how cool you know college radio was, and we're obviously we loved it, and how it shaped kind of your creative journey. You know, uh, it, it's really amazing you should ask that because I just got. Um, off the phone, and I say that I just—it was like a week ago—but I make it sound real relevant. <laughs> I just got off the phone with uh, the guy who was one of my influential figures in uh, college radio, who happened to be a year older than me. I went to Hofstra University, 
um, sort of on a lark. I started at the University of Connecticut and I went there for a semester and it did not take. So I decided to come home to Long Island. I was going to go to Hofstra for a semester and then transfer somewhere else and start over first semester sophomore year. And I got involved in the radio station and they had a TV station and uh, I just never looked back. And radio was, for me, an obsession. I was there most of the day uh, when I wasn't in class. And, and I don't know if it was like this for you guys, but you went there to, yes, learn the craft of radio learn how broadcasting is done but that was maybe 10 percent of it and the other 90 percent was just learning how to interact with other people who had a similar um outsider's perspective as you did yeah and uh it, it, fortunately i was on a radio station wrhu at hostra that served uh part of manhattan so i was broadcasting to wow. one the biggest radio and broadcast market in the United States. So I felt a lot of responsibility, but also felt like, hey, this is really cool. And going into it, uh, when I was growing up, and I know that there's 80 million people who have the same story that I wanted to be David Letterman when I grew up. Yeah. And knowing his story and Johnny Carson's story and a lot of the broadcasters I admired, they all started in radio, got into TV, and then they had their talk show. And that was, to me, a direct line. Uh, so I figured, hey, let's start in radio and make that happen and spent... You know, 12 hours a day just hanging out doing projects in college radio. You know, I, one thing that you said that I think is really relevant, the hanging out with people like you, and, and I, I can speak for Rick yeah. too, I didn't really meet people like me until I went to college. You know, and, and until I went to college radio, you know, I, you know, I, I went to a Chicago public school and didn't, you know, we didn't have a radio station or anything like this, but I like that. But it was really the, like you say, the shared sensibility of people like yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's how Dave and I met and, and uh, our best friends to this day are all radio are those people that we met in college working at the college radio station. And a lot of us went into radio um, briefly. I was in for like 25 years and a lot of people went into the business but that wasn't really what uh, bound us together. It was kind of like uh, a certain type of person, a creative person, a person who uh, a little sticky. Yeah, who, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I I did a lot of shtick on the radio in college because you could. Yeah, you know, it was, it was unlike other radio stations uh, professionally that I had worked at or that I end up working at where you can't just show up and do your shtick and have them think that's great because they have advertisers to worry about and they right. have broadcast standards to worry about that aren't non-commercial. So you didn't have the, 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 the freedom to just go out there and create, but radio served that for me really, really well. And it, it, it was a lot of fun to just have an idea in the morning, uh, mention it to somebody at 10 produce it by noon and then have it on the air at seven, which yeah. was really exciting. Yeah. Um, for me, it was, I came out of high school as a, as mostly a theater kid. Okay. And that to me was my crew where that's who I was creative with. That's who I joked around with. That's who I had a lot of fun with. But theater in college is a different animal. People are pretty serious about it there. And I wasn't super serious necessarily about becoming an actor. I just wanted to be somebody who was, you know, on TV, let's say. So finding that group of people that felt like theater felt like in high school was really instrumental and really helpful for me to get even through college at all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that makes sense to us. I mean, I'll, we're talking about doing shtick and being a shticky guy. But you also uh, are an improv guy. Uh, Dave and I 
uh, a couple of decades ago were at Second City, and you you're no stranger to yes anding. Um, <laughs> you're doing great too. By no, the way. But, <laughs> no, no, but but. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, and go on. Uh, you were at the People's Improv Theater as a yes. faith healer. <laughs> that's what your LinkedIn page says. Save Sometimes us, buddy. That's why you're on the phone here. Save us. Well, anybody within the range of my voice right now suddenly feels an inspiration inside to go <laughs> out there and tackle. You, you can bend a fork like the amazing Kreskin right now, can't that's you? That's right. Yes, yes. Until I run into the guy who completely debunks me and makes me look bad on national television. <laughs> so tell us about that. That kind of leapt out at us. What What is the faith healer story? Um, that's just me being stupid on LinkedIn, <laughs> but I can come up with something being an improviser. You can't lie on LinkedIn, man. That's a Guess business what? site. Guess that what? Is... I am about to blow your mind. <laughs> LinkedIn is a big charade. Okay, hold the huh? phone. Huh? <laughs> You throw the sledgehammer at that glass wall and you will find a crew of people behind there who look nothing like their pictures, who have none of the accomplishments they list on their profile, and are broke and jobless. Wow. I don't think we can go any further. (laughs) Yeah, right. You're you're a half-empty guy, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's really funny, considering if you you ask anybody you know, anybody, not, not ask anybody you know, they don't know me. You ask anybody I know. They're going to tell you that, you know, I'm a I'm a very optimistic, I'm a very optimistic yet pragmatic guy. But in this case, no, LinkedIn, <laughs> I am airing down that machine. <laughs> You're cracking me up, man. Uh, let's talk about our favorite show. And when I say our, it's not yours because I don't really know you, but mine and Rick's could be. Uh, um, Marvelous Mrs. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, uh, how could you not love that show? You, that uh, I'm sorry, sir. Go on. No, how could you not love that show? Right. Go on. Oh, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Um, your Jewish half must have come in very handy while working on that show, probably. I'm envisioning a really great cast buffet, right, with pastrami. I'm thinking marble <laughs> rye, a big vat of kreplach soup, you know. But no, seriously, what was it like to work on that show? I mean, it is just so brilliant on so many levels. I, I was lucky enough to just be involved in a very short time and and yet when i walked in there and and this is a very unique experience for me as somebody who has done um you know one-offs on tv shows i really did feel walking into that that they treated everybody like they were important and it meant a lot to me i also had the experience of going in there and seeing a lot of familiar faces so the first time i was involved in the show they did a table read and a table reads fairly common and maybe you get like group of actors for a scene together and you just read through the lines to make sure for the writers that it sounds good but they had everybody in the episode who had any lines whatsoever in the room around this huge uh circle uh the, the huge circle of tables all sitting toward the middle and all sort of peers working together on this thing. Uh, it didn't matter if it was Amy Sherman Palladino or the writers on the show or um, Mrs. Maisel herself. You were sitting at that table together reading this script. And it was a very cool communal experience, which is unlike a lot of TV shows. Uh, I think it helped that it was on Amazon Prime because they had the luxury of time. Uh, if you're on broadcast TV, 
the production process is much faster, so they don't really necessarily have the luxury of time to go through a major script read-through for every episode, but they took that opportunity. So when I went in there, I, I saw friends who I'd worked with on other projects, and you know, when, when you see somebody who you know go on and do something really, really cool and, and high profile, you think, oh boy, you know, I, I hope we're still you know, on the same level, right. even though I'm back here in the background here mm-hmm. in the shadows of this episode. But Eating your marble rye and pastrami that you're hiding in your bag, right? <laughs> I think I think that that environment fostered a lot of what you see on the show. Yeah. That it does feel like they are all together working as a family, um, and and everybody has a sense of pride and ownership of what they're doing on that show. And that's just from one day at a script read. Yeah. So when I went into the production, I saw the massive massive production that went on just for the one scene i was in yeah tremendous amount of people all working in harmony and you know sometimes you go to on a you work on a show and you realize people are kind of grumpy and not everybody loves what they're doing i never found that at uh, mrs Maisel, I, and i think that comes from the top down what a great story yeah, uh, yeah. do you think that um uh so when you first started on that show uh it, you didn't know that it was going to be a huge hit, right? I mean, it was too, too, it was in the first season before it came out, right? Oh yeah, no, yeah. I, it, it was. I had no idea what it was, and it's not unusual for me to not know what I'm doing going into <laughs> something, to be honest. But right. you know, with as many shows are being produced nowadays, some of them actually go on, some of them don't. But I auditioned for a ton of shows. Some of them have never been seen before, and there's no way to do any research on it. So you just go in with the hope that you're kind of getting it right for yeah. what they need, but you don't really know for sure what they're going for. Sometimes you don't even know the name of the show for real. Like I did Daredevil, and when they auditioned that show, it was under a completely different name because they didn't want the details getting out to anybody. Wow. So you just hope that you're matching what they need, which is a unique acting experience, but it's kind of challenging and fun to all, you know at the same time. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, that show to me is maybe the best show over the last ten years. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything that just everything about that show. Not, I mean, the dialogue is fantastic. The, music, the, plot, the, uh, the art direction. The, the, I mean, the whole like deal you said, the brilliant. massive sets. The uh, it, it it just evokes a time and a place, mm-hmm. and I think it really gets the concept. We've talked to a lot of comedians. It gets the concept of comedy, maybe not necessarily. Um, you know, her act isn't necessarily like a standard act that you'd see at a comedy club, but the idea of what it's like to go up there on stage mm-hmm. and be a comedian and in this time as a woman and everything, it really is. I think it's one of the best shows ever. I, I think you're 100 percent right. It, it takes a picture of a very specific time in U.S. history, but it's all so relatable to what's going on now. Yeah, right. And. You know, there was one experience I had, and 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 again, I was there for a day shooting when I shot. So I, I don't want to sound like I am a uh, an an expert on what goes on behind the scenes there. But I was in a van um, with Mrs. Maisel and uh, her friends from the, the department store in uh, the, the fellow uh, uh, what do you call it salespeople mm-hmm. um, behind the counter, and they all had this energy about them about women's rights and 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 how important it was to express women's issues and they understood it even before the show had even aired they understood the importance of the messages that that show was bringing forward and i think even since then they've delved into so many issues that were important at the time the show represents but also 
are so relevant today. Race issues, mm -hmm. religious issues, yep. cultural issues, women's issues. I think it's so cool to see uh, 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 how relatable that era was, even though as, as silly as it might seem to the outside viewer, some of the things that they did and said still ring true today uh, for better or worse. Yeah. yeah. And for okay. uh, you uh, Mrs. Maisel fans out there, Dave played the elevator operator at the department store. So if you're if you're, you're checking out uh, in the first season, uh, he's uh, in that uh, he's in that scene. Now I heard you interview. Uh, I heard an interview with you where you said that uh, you made a point of talking to other actors, writers, directors, production people whenever you were on a lunch break on a set. And in, <laughs> in fact, those interactions inspired your podcast. Bring your own lunch, which is an excellent podcast you did great interviews tell us a little bit about that podcast the people that you had on some of the things that you might have may have learned over the years well thank you first of all that that's very kind and and uh i i did have a great time doing bring your own lunch and as i as uh, we talked about before we uh actually started this interview i it i consider it dormant and not dead uh but it's been a while since i've uh done interviews but the idea, like you said, was that when I am on a set and I'm fortunate enough to act or even audition, one of the best parts of the whole thing is just getting to talk to other people who love doing what we do. And invariably, we'll talk about history. We'll talk about things that are interesting to us, how, where we came from, where we are now, where we're going. And because I am who I am, I'm not going on auditions with people who are necessarily top billed. I feel like I'm among the the well. They call me a character actor, but they, I, I really feel we are the 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 blue collar workers mm -hmm. of acting. Right. It doesn't and happen without you guys, though. No, 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 no. And yeah. it's it's not. I'm not. I'm not self uh, uh, flagellating myself here. <laughs> well, it's, it's, well, you're uh, half Jewish and half Catholic. I think you could do that without any problem, right? Well, yeah, without any arms, I could do that. Um, but what? That does is connect me with people on a different level than I think people who are more competitive for top spots I see what can you're saying, be. Yeah. We're we're more of a community. We're more of a hey, what did you get that or did I get that or did who got that? You know, and we all invariably will maybe know the guy who got the thing that we didn't get, and we're happy for him because we're all looking for work. Right. Um, it's those people I've gotten to know over the years who I thought maybe this would make a fun podcast just just for the heck of it. And I thought of the fact that you know we're not the glamorous necessarily. Uh, A-listers, but we are people who put the work in there and, and are on the grind, and we are the type to bring our own lunch. You know, mm -hmm. if they didn't feed us, we would just bring our own lunch to do this, and that's what inspired the name of the program. And thankfully, I had a chance to interview some really, really amazing actors mm -hmm. and producers and writers, and actually got to tap into what I used to do going way back to college radio, just to bring it back full circle. Yeah, I got to uh, use those skills and, and use that love of broadcasting in a different format with podcasting than I ever thought I would use in the 20 years in between. It kind of reminds us of our own show, to yeah, be honest with right. you. I mean, cause we're, we're doing a similar that, yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, what about yeah, some, what give us some names because some of the names of the people that you uh, interviewed ended up going on to do some things that our listeners would be familiar with. Yeah, yeah, I, I uh, kind of lucked out slash 
I like to think I have a pretty decent eye for who might be doing better things than the first time we talk. Uh, people like Geneva Carr, who, who is uh, one of the series regulars on Bull, or Atoa Sando, who has done a billion things on TV and in film. Um, uh, uh, even uh, Eric E. Chappelle, who went on to do series stuff uh, on Showtime, I believe. So there's a collection of people who I always keep my eye on and say, okay, that person's going somewhere. And that goes back to the earliest part of my career. Uh, I had done another podcast prior to that with uh, my comedy partner, Ken Pond, who with uh, Laura Dillman and were part of a group we called The Commercials. We were okay. a, uh, yeah. a, 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 a very offbeat stand-up act um, slash sketch comedy act slash uh, 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 folk trio. And uh, wow. we... That barely fits <laughs> like, on the like business singing card. and stuff like it like like peter paul and mary that kind of folk thing what are you talking about not not nearly as uh not not nearly as social do conscious. puff the magic dragon for us right now dave would you i don't want to get you guys kicked off uh yeah. it's podcast what are they gonna do you can say anything you want you can swear there's no say more. anything but people get touchy when you steal their songs like, well okay, that, that is a good, good point good point good yeah point. we don't want to pay the royalties <laughs> amen so uh, we had done a podcast, Ken and I, uh, the Commercials Free podcast, and we got to interview Amy Schumer before she was mm -hmm. Amy Schumer. Great. Um, we got to we, – we, we had uh, Mark Marin on the show. And, okay. you know, I, I like having those touch points that say, okay, I may not be an A-lister, but I kind of had an idea who might become bigger than me. Yeah. You know, and that's 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 a small source of pride. You got an eye for talent. Good for you, man. Hey, uh, we we have interviewed a slew of actors, you know, during COVID and during the last five and six months, and all of them are bouncing off the walls and don't know what to do with themselves. In fact, we've actually had trouble getting like A-list celebrities off the phone. You know, we're like, okay, <laughs> come on, let's wrap this up, yeah, right? right uh, <laughs> but how how have you coped during this god awful? shitstorm that we're you know we're in are you what are you doing you know what uh, what projects are you working on but just generally like i said you know how are you coping through this uh well i think that's a two-headed question and there's the professional me and then there's the personal me thankfully i on a personal level nothing changed dramatically in terms of being home even my mm. wife works from home so mm. our day-to-day -day schedule the biggest thing was having our kids home every day which was uh yeah. unexpected yeah. Um, blessing and, and get, a curse isn't that. it <laughs> sure and, and not just for us but for them you yeah, know they, yeah. they got bored real quick yeah. uh and we had to just keep them moving especially in the beginning where we didn't know a lot about what we know now in terms of what can be done what can't be done so we were all stuck in the house for you know 23 hours a day yeah. Yeah. just staring at the walls um but in terms of just overall day-to-day -day experience wasn't that different other than just that idea of we can't go anywhere right now. Yeah, right. Nothing's open. We can we, we can go do the drive through and get lunch. That was special. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was about it. Professionally, uh, I kind of got the sense that we wouldn't be doing a lot of auditions out of the house anymore. So I went and upgraded my voiceover booth um, so that I can do auditions from home. And I've uh, I got a gig or two um, just having – the ability to connect with people in studios anywhere technology has been amazing for that uh and i have auditioned for things just using my uh my uh, iphone as a camera and i got a backdrop and 
we just uh, make the best of it that way. Uh, there aren't a lot of projects, obviously, and I'm waiting right. for that to happen. But one of the nice things is that people do – creative people create, and that's what they do. So we had – I've been involved in several Zoom readings of, of scripts. Um, I just did a, a reading of a play from the 1600s uh, for uh, uh, somebody who I knew doing – this goes back 20 years to my first play in New York that I ever did. I maintain that friendship moving forward, and I got to do a, a really obscure play from the 1600s on Zoom. So, you know, wow. you do have opportunities. I did a couple of readings of a play I had done a production of called Walter's Dead by Mario Corey. He'll be happy I plugged his name. And <laughs> I uh, continue to just find little creative ways to keep yeah. going. Um there's a guy named uh, Jason Kravitz, who some people know. Uh, he's a long career in the business. He started doing um, 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 montages of people singing various songs. That was a takeoff originally of that Imagine thing that Gal Gadot did. Oh, yeah. Or Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, he put a few of those together with people he knew from acting, and I participated in those. Uh, and he went on to do, uh, if you've ever seen the mashup of of our of our president mm. um uh, our president sorry <laughs> it's hard to get that out I'm we're yeah. playing uh, for the same team here dave <laughs> okay good good yeah, yeah. I mean, just, you have that pregnant pause of, yeah right just exactly walking into a minefield right. or am yeah. i in friendly territory dave what do you like best about good. mega yeah yeah <laughs> yeah is he the is he a good uh, president or is he the greatest yeah. president <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> as i was saying uh, the mashup of uh, the song uh, he had it coming from Chicago with uh, him saying like TV woman man thing like that. I don't know if you saw it. It became a viral yes, thing. Yes, I did see so, that. Yeah, he's the guy behind that. So he had done a bunch of those. So go back and find him. Look up Jason. Yeah, I, I actually posted uh, that on my. I actually re, we retweeted that. Yeah, we yeah, call that in social yeah, media right. stealing. <laughs> it's, no. Basically, no, it's retweeting, Dave. <laughs> Retweeting. Uh, yes. It's uh, just like Peter, Paul, and Mary. We'll yeah. appreciate that. We're yeah. retweeting their song <laughs> by performing it. Now, now you, you say you have like a home studio set up there. Yeah. Do you have? I've, I've been watching a lot of TV, and I think the uh, the most important thing is you have to have a bookshelf behind you. <laughs> yeah. um, and the bookshelf has to have uh, very uh, carefully chosen books. Right. So uh, you know, you what are what are the books that you're putting up in your bookshelf to impress everybody that you're really super smart? Yeah. Oh, you know what I have up I, on my bookshelf to prove that I'm really really smart? What a Kindle. Oh, there it, well, I used there to sell. Are, there are a thousand books in this little thing yeah, right here. Well, you know, I used exactly. to sell. Pa I used to sell paper, so you pretty much fucked my career. Thank yeah, you so with that thank, Kindle. Thanks a lot, babe. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. Well. I would blame Dunder Mifflin for that. <laughs> All right, we have to take a break, but Minutia Men will be right back. On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, Premier League season may be over, but this week we have the Champions League. We've got some great ones. You've got Juventus, Man City, Real Madrid, Bayern, Chelsea, Barcelona, and Napoli. Should be a great weekend of matches. Some of the greatest teams in the world. Listen to Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, Lego pulls out all the stops with their stunning rendition of a Bugatti Chiron. Plus, what car features do you really need? 
I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Constable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we're back. So why don't you uh, plug, uh, if there's anything that you need to uh, get out there, this is your chance. Anyone who wants to find Dave, how do they find Dave? All right, here, here's, here's, here's the thing about this coronavirus. Um, there's very little to plug, so here's yeah. what I'll suggest. I, I, I have one thing coming out. I did a, a, a podcast series, which is basically just like a radio series, but I don't even know if I could talk about it because I had to sign a non-disclosure. Okay. I don't know if they're releasing details yet, so I can't even plug that. It's okay. just between us. Yeah, no one's I, listening. Yeah, right in. Yeah. I'd like to think that's not true, or else this has been a waste of my time. Um, um, what I would like is is for everybody in the sound of my voice for to a be safe, happy, healthy, wear a mask, yeah. take care of each other, be smart, vote. Yeah. If you're not yeah. already registered to vote, please register to vote. If you haven't filled out your census. Please fill out your census and call somebody to make sure they filled out their census and that they are registered to vote and that they will vote in November. Because if you've ever considered the idea of taking part of this thing we like to call a democracy, now is the perfect time to do so. Uh, And if you see injustice in the world, speak up, because silence is the thing that's going to keep us maintaining a terrible course that we've been on for too many years in a row. And I think if the more of us who are quiet speak up, we'll find that our voice is way louder than the ones who are loud but saying terrible things. Having said that, please follow me on social media. <laughs> this has been an interview <laughs> and a public service announcement, yeah, well, which is fantastic. I am a faith healer. Yes. yes, that's my faith healer thing coming out. See, you weren't lying. It wasn't a big lie. Yeah, let's go back to the lying on LinkedIn. I'm kind of, kind of pissed about that. Thanks Did you know for... I was the CEO of Getty? <laughs> Thanks very much for being on the show, Thanks, Dave. Dave. We really enjoyed the hey, conversation. thank you, guys. And this this helps pass the time tremendously, and I really appreciate it. We just killed 30 minutes of time for right. you. You're, you're well. Oh, oh, man, only 23 and a half to go. Are your kids available? Can we talk to them now for a while? Oh, you want to talk to a, a 12-year-old? who has it all figured out believe me she's your next guest well well i've got a 17 year old and two 14 year olds so i mean i have three teenage daughters at home wow. right now yeah. yeah so um good for you yeah <laughs> which is why he comes here to right. do to my house to, to, to do this fake podcast <laughs> that we don't even put on, on, on itunes <laughs> you guys just had this on a loop while you're taking a bath yeah exactly <laughs> Thanks, thanks, thanks buddy. Appreciate Understood. it, man. Hey, thank you. Take care, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla from the Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we will be back again next week with another edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. On the next Back to You, storytelling about old stars, <laughs> old songs, a lot of lyrics, get a lot of this and that. <laughs> I don't want to grab the young folks. <laughs>
<laughs> it should. It'll grab somebody on the next Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Listen to Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio <laughs> Misfits. If you missed Los Ano or La, Los Los Ano and friends, here's what you missed. Can women play in sports right. with men? Mm-hmm. My argument is that I don't think they can. I'm right. just saying if they can do it, let them do it. If they can't do it, it's the same qualifications. Even now you're talking about basketball, and she doesn't feel that women could play basketball, but then she described this guy named Derek Rose. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know enough about this stuff, but she was like, he's like a girl. Well, okay. Um, Holy hold on, shit. hold on. This is awesome. Oh my he, God. Tony, Tony says things. Tony says things just for people. Mike, Mike drop. <laughs> yeah. First yes, of all, is. first of all, Tony doesn't even know Derek Rose. Uh, I said that a girl, because there's a WNBA, and, and I think women are incredible athletes and they're incredible competitors. Um, but I don't think that they could play at the same level as a professional you said as a man. Boring and slow. All right, you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Radio Misfits, get more. Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called.